From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Well, we're going to jump right into this interview this week. We're not going to spend any time with some banter because we have an amazing guest. This is someone that... We were uh, talking earlier, we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while because we want you guys to hear his story. And if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that Luke is, I am, our whole company really is a fan of Grant Cardone and really our, our like I said, our sales team. Like yeah. they, they kind of follow everything he, he puts out there. Luke quotes him on the podcast all the time. But today we have someone who knows and works with Grant very closely. His name is Jared Glant. He's the president of Cardone Enterprises, the co-host of Young Hustlers Podcast, and investor of Cardone Capcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So super excited. I just told you right before we came on the podcast that, you know, it's something we've been trying to do following you. I'll tell everybody, I'm a little bit of a fan. Say, I see oh, what do you little, call it? A fanboy? I don't know. Here. Like, I'm blushing right now. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot believe we have Jarek Glant on the Stay Paid podcast. I'm like, our podcast is moving up in the world. We need reviews now. Next step is, I know Jarrett's going to help me get Grant Cardone on the podcast. I might faint <laughs> if that happens. I don't know. But Jarrett, man, That's really awesome. excited to have you on here. And I'm going to tell the audience this. You guys know, as you guys have been following my journey, we have about 100, a uh, little over 100 callers yeah. on the phone. Yep. And I'm excited selfishly for this interview to just pick Jarrett's brain on, hey, what is the best you know, sales tips of building a sales team. How do you find good salespeople? You know, it's so hard a lot of times to find them. And then how do you actually train them up? How do you keep them motivated? And then most importantly, how do you make sure you're producing revenue? Because yeah. the business doesn't keep running if you're not producing revenue. So excited for that. You know, I guess, you know, I'll, tell, I'll turn it over to you, Josh, to ask the first question and then we'll get right into it. No, I mean, Jared, uh, for those who don't know, kind of introduce, you have, you have an amazing backstory for anyone who doesn't know, kind of, where you started, I think you've been with Grant for about 10 years now, getting your foot in the door to get an opportunity to work with him. So tell us a little bit about that, kind of where you started, your story, and then you can kind of lead us up to the day and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, thanks for that. So yeah, so I, I, I uh, grew up in San Diego and my dad had always run motorcycle dealerships. So it's retail. I started kind of hanging out with him in his business and, and when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And that's a, a very transactional sale. It's, you know, typically it's a high, more of a high dollar uh, sale. So you're, you know, 5000 to $25,000 transactions. But the velocity of, of sales, the, the volume of sales is fast. The sales cycles are quick and the volume of sales is high. So kind of being around that environment, you, you get exposed to... Um, sales quickly and you understand kind of how how the process works and so i always tell anybody like you know selling motorcycles selling cars uh anything like that that's that's very transactional is a great place to kind of cut your teeth because you get a lot of interactions with customers you're face to face you get to see people and so um so i i worked for my dad for a few years and then i started selling advertising for auto trader back when they had the paper magazines i don't know if you guys remember that but uh that was like the big thing in San Diego was everybody was like hungry for their auto trader. So I was uh, 21 years old at the time and ended up taking a tiny little territory 
in San Diego and blowing it up and was like the number two rep in the in the country, the youngest rep in the country, and spent money like I was twenty one years old, making two hundred grand a year. You know, wait, wait how does all. a twenty one year old spend two hundred grand a year? No, <laughs> I don't know. keep it PG. Uh, we do have a as PG. fast as possible. Yeah, as fast as possible. <laughs> as fast as fast as possible. So it was, you know, I was buying everything I, could, I possibly could. Uh, most, mostly, you know, partying. So I was out partying all the time, you know, popping bottles and, you know, ended up, you know, doing drugs and kind of getting into that whole thing. And then, uh, quit the job, money turns off, you know, immediately like go to like the basement low of lows, uh, had all this potential and everybody's like, man, Jared, it's so amazing that you're doing so well. You're so young. You've got a bright future. And then I remember like, one decision after another, after another, next thing I know, like I'm living at my buddy's house for free because I can't afford to pay rent mm. and I'm smoking weed every day. And I just became like a total loser. Mm. And, and I was like, man, how did this happen? You know, you get depressed, you start questioning everything because you're like, how did I end up here? So I ended up moving to Austin to go work for my dad. Cause he'd gotten a job out of state was there for two years, just kind of getting everything together and then moved back to San Diego because I just had to get away from my parents because I felt like I was past the kind of the dark phase and and um, I just needed to do my own thing because I didn't want my success to constantly go back to, you know, my, my dad, like, hey, you know, you're relying on your parents. So I just, I, I forced myself off. And I ended up in a job that I hated. My dad knew it. He sent me a link to Grant Cardone. He said, Hey, I just bought this, uh, some, one of these programs for my sales team. You know, this is the type of thing you should be into. It'd be, you'd be great at it. You know, check him out. So he sent me a YouTube link that Grant had maybe, I don't know, 25 videos or something like that on his YouTube channel at the time. We just got our uh, million subscriber plaque on YouTube. I saw that on your story, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so, so I just, I, I, I devoured every piece of content that I could find on, uh, on him online and started calling the office every day for about a month and a half until they finally interviewed me. And then they hired me, started answering phones, just started just grinding and like kept looking for more opportunities, solving problems. I mean, there were only four employees when I started is the office was in the pool house of his wow. house. I started. So <laughs> a little better than he, a garage, he lived, right? he lived, I mean, it was, it was like a, it was like a $15 million house in, in Beverly Hills, you know, <laughs> up, or up in the Hollywood Hills. Um, and it was like the uh, pool house was bigger than any house I'd ever lived in. But, um, <laughs> but we hadn't even had an office yet. So that's, that's, I thought that was always a funny story. How many employees uh, so got do you guys office? have now? 178. 178. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, lots of crazy stuff happened in between and ups and downs. And, but, uh, what came out of it was I really didn't become a salesperson until I started working for Grant. And, and I can say that because I never trained like a salesperson. It's like saying you're a a professional athlete, but you never go to the gym. You've never worked with a trainer. You've never been on a team before. And so many people think that they're salespeople, but and they call themselves professionals, sales professionals. They put that on their card or real estate professional or whatever. Um, but it's, it's garbage. Like they're, they're not a professional. They're not even close to it. They don't act like it. They don't talk like it. They don't train like it. They don't sound like it. They're, they don't produce like one. 
Like nothing that they do is professional, but they call themselves a sales professional uh, because that's what they think, you know, because they can talk to people. But that was the big that was the big first realization I had was the power of really understanding the process and the training that goes into it and and using that to ultimately get you to the the level of production and the results that you um that you hope for, you know? And and so now it's just as you're building the team out, as we built our team out, it's just been a a, a matter of, of of transfer and duplication and management of people and, and, you know, scaling the business and, you know, evolving the product offer and inventory and partnerships. I mean, it, you know, it just takes, it starts taking on so many dimensions when it takes off, but most people never get out of first year because they, they think they're a pro and, and that's really nothing more than a joke. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's so interesting. I've heard it said from, you know, someone has told me that, hey, you want to be in the 1%. But you, do you have the top 1% of work ethic out there, the top 1%? You talk about training. You know, you think of, like, Tiger Woods all the time. And, it's like, I tell my guys, it's like, you think Tiger Woods wants to get out there and do another putt? Like, yeah. do you think that he wants to do that? No, of course he doesn't want to do that, but he does that every single day. One of the issues we run into with our client base, real estate agents and insurance agents, and insurance agents not as much, but definitely on the real estate side, they don't even want to call themselves salespeople. Because they yeah. view it almost as like a dirty word. They, right. uh, they view it as in like you mentioned like motorcycle sales or, or car sales. They almost view it that way. I'm curious your interpretation. You talk about professional salesperson and what it means to be a salesperson. And I would love to hear kind of your take on, hey, what does it mean to be a salesperson? And then you talk about this idea of being a professional salesperson and, and you know, focusing on the training what advice would you give the real estate agent of, hey, you are in sales and this is what it means to be a professional salesperson and this is what you need to do in order to become a professional salesperson? In my opinion, everybody likes to talk about closing. They like, hey, you know, I'm a big closer and they think that's the badge of honor uh, is a salesperson, but they're wrong. The, 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 the badge of honor uh, as, as a salesperson is... I can go find my own business and I can build a business hmm. like, like mastering, like you said, you got a hundred people on the phone, like mastering the art of creation of opportunity is what sales truly is. Hmm. The customer's got so much information today. They, they, the average customer's more than half the way through the sales process. By the time you actually make your proposal to them, get an offer in front of them, they've done their research. Uh, the value of the close is diminishing because the customer is doing a pretty good job of closing themselves. Now, that doesn't mean that the close isn't important because it is. That doesn't mean you don't have to press because you do. That doesn't mean you don't have to practice uh, every uh, uh, rebuttal uh, you can imagine because you do. But but the thing that the thing that kills salespeople in our back office, the thing that that, that works them out of a job is they can't even get anybody to talk to. Mm. They can't get anybody on the phone. They can't get anybody to show up for an appointment. They can't get anybody to show up for a demo. Like if you can do the front end that like you will become a superstar. If you can get the front end of the deal done, you will become a superstar in real estate. If you could become the most known realtor in your marketplace, you're going to get deals. Even if you're not a great closer, because you're going to have more people in the ecosystem. 
You know, like that's why Grant says like, dude, this marketing thing is no joke. Marketing and branding is, is the, is the fuel for the process. Like, like you can have a, you can have a shitty sales process, but if you market and brand and promote and can create enough attention and awareness to drag into a shitty sales process, mm. you're still going to grow your company. <laughs> like, like it, it, it like some of the biggest companies in the world have terrible sales processes and they're worth billions of dollars. That's so true. I was on the phone so, with Citibank. But, but, but that's not, that's not a cop, that's not a cop out. Like if you're a salesperson, that's not a cop out to say, well, I don't have to be great. No, you have to be great if you want to be great. But from an organization perspective, like, like when I think about my team and the 25, 26 salespeople we have in the training business and the the 15, 18 people we have in the advertising business, I'm like, man, those people are all reaching out into the marketplace and they're bringing people into our, like they're, they're, they're reeling the fish up next to the boat. I got plenty of people that can go gaff the fish or throw the net out and bring them in the boat, but I need lots of people out there that are bringing people in so that I can have a, a, a team of people that I know and I train and I trust that they can actually go out and bring the fish in the water. Dude, I could not agree with you more. I was uh, just saying I was on the phone with Citibank and was on hold for an hour. Then I got passed to another person, and it was just unbelievable how terrible it was. The experience, yeah. everything. But it's Citibank. Right. Like, and people <laughs> are still huge. using Citibank. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. I think at the 10X conference, one of the biggest things that stood out to me, and I've used it a lot of times on the podcast because it really resonated with me, when Grant talked about Starbucks doesn't have the best coffee. They're just the most best known. Name. They're right. just on every yeah. corner. And because yeah. they're on every corner, they're there. So, you know, I guess if I'm applying this to a real estate agent, right? So you're talking about you need to be the most known in your community. A way to do that, obviously, is through the phones. You know, like my guys, they're going to call 120 to, if they don't get people on the phone, they might call 300 people, right, that day. Mm -hmm. You know, as you have kind of looked as this transition is happening in the industry and we have social media and we have so many ways to get attention with people, what's your view on, on the phones right now? I'm just curious to hear kind of your yeah, view the on... Yeah, the phone is the most powerful tool a salesperson has. I love hearing that. Thank God. Yes. Like, I was worried you were going to say you know, something different than we're going to have to fight no <laughs> yeah no but but it's like but it's like it's like like it's like saying that you you have a toolbox and like the 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 screwdriver is probably the thing you use more than anything but that doesn't mean sometimes you you don't need a hammer and sometimes you don't need pliers and sometimes like so it's like it's like dude the phone is the phone is the lifeblood but that doesn't mean you don't need email and that doesn't mean you don't need to leverage text and that doesn't mean you don't leverage video, and that doesn't mean you don't use social. I mean, you use all of these things. And for people that are out there getting started, until you build a book of business that can continue to uh, perpetuate business, like like when, when you talk about real estate agents, like you hear these stories about the realtors who, you know, they're earning millions of dollars a year and everything is based off of referrals. How would you like to get a business like that? Right. Everybody would like everybody's like that is uh, when they become a realtor, they get sold on this idea that I'm only going to work on the weekends and I'm going to have a lot it's of HGTV, off time man. And, and yeah, and, and, and all of it's going to be referrals and, and I'm going to, but what, what they don't see is the three years that somebody ate shit, making phone calls, sending emails, flyering, door knocking like a mad person, yeah, like a literally like a freaking obsessed lunatic 
to build enough momentum and enough of a groundswell to get the locomotive out of the train station. And that train doesn't go from zero to 100. It goes slow. And it's so hard until it starts building up momentum. Right. And most salespeople don't have the perseverance or the persistence to even get out of the station so that they can get that thing at the end, which is that self-fulfilling business uh, built off of referrals and recurring sales. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that because I see that in my own business. I see that in the industry. It's I've, I've heard it in Good to Great, I think was the book that talked about the, the flywheel. Fly it was yeah. like the flywheel. It's that same analogy you're giving. It's, yeah. it's hard to get going, but once it starts going, I mean, it basically is going itself. But let's talk about this as salespeople. Why is it that the salespeople don't have the perseverance? What is the, the thing that you're seeing in your influence and as you get Incorrect estimation people? of effort. Incorrect estimation of effort without a doubt. They think they, they have no, like that's the purpose of the 10X rule. Okay. The, the idea, like, like a lot of people don't know how Grant went out and built his first business. Like they don't, in the people that do know it, like they don't even understand what that would be like. Like imagine having to go out to Salt Lake City, Utah. Think, think about this. He would go out for 18 months on the road without coming home. Jeez. He'd go from city to city and he'd cold call, door knock businesses to go in and try to sell sales training to him. Imagine the balls that it takes to go to a city where you don't know anybody. There's no internet. Like you're literally going into businesses and you're knocking on doors and you're going, hey, my name's Grant. Uh, I work with companies like yours to help their sales team like explode sales. I want to come in and do a free sales meeting for you. If you like what you see, maybe we can do some business. Yeah. Like imagine going, imagine what that takes. Like right now we can sit with our phone, we can go on the internet, we can do research and we can make that call from our office. We can ping somebody on LinkedIn. We could send a selfie video or whatever. Like we have all these, these tricks now. Imagine having to go do that and be out on the road and all the rejection and all of the failure and all of the, you know, I mean, dude, like, like that, it, that is why Grant is who he is today, because that's got to be the hardest freaking thing in the world to do. So now he's like, dude, this is easy. <laughs> like, this is easy compared to, compared to what I had to do. How do you get that in your, so in your life? How have you gotten that perseverance? Like, how have you, like, practically, you know, I, okay, I want to be able to walk through that fire when I try to practically apply that in my life, what have you seen has worked for you in, in that area? Yeah, you just have, you have to change. Number one, you have to have goals that are big enough that you're willing to, to make big sacrifices to reach. Totally you know? agree. And, and so, you know, one of the things that turns people off a lot about, about Grant or us or what we talk about is like the math that we're laying out, the plan that we're laying out is for people who want to do something big. Like everybody says they want to do something big until they have to write the check. Everybody says they want to do something big until they have to put in the work. Mm. Everybody. So, so it's like, you can say, Hey man, I want to make a million bucks a year. And I'm like, well, do you? Because let me tell you what it took me to get it to a million bucks a year. I had to do this, 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 this. Yeah, so I had powerful. to stop hanging out with this. I had to stop going there. I had to sleep on an air mattress. I was making 180 grand a year sleeping on a freaking air mattress still because I was banking all my money and investing it in real estate. Like, like you have to like, and, and back to my point about that, the outflow in those calls, like you have to go basically off the rails crazy for three years 
while you're getting great at what you do, mm. you've got to go like six days a week, all in, because that's what it took me. Mm. And maybe other people are smarter. I hope to God it, they could get there quicker. But I was working from 6 a.m. in the morning because I was on the West Coast calling East Coast. So they all opened at 9. So I was in at 6 a.m. in the morning, and I stayed until 7.30, 8 o'clock at night until I was not getting uh, through anymore on the West Coast. And then I'd come in and I'd work from seven to one on Saturdays. Mm. And I did that. I did that. I worked six days like that uh, for the first two years that I worked for Grant. And then the third year I had, I hired uh, somebody to, to help me. So I didn't have to do the Saturday work, but um, like, and it was constant, like phone calls, text messages. Like I was a madman. Yeah. You were not. And yeah. And, and, but, but that built my book of business up and that got me out of the station and it got me enough to where I could get referrals. And if I needed deals, I could call people and I could, I could just pull deals out of nowhere. And so like, that is the ultimate value of a professional salesperson is you can give them any product in any industry, in any economic environment, and they are going to get through to the person that they need to, that has the money yeah. like that. Like the, the, you, you, before you need to be a great closer, you need to be great at creating an opportunity because there are some people that are great at That's closing so that have such a big freaking ego. They can't even make a cold call and get shut down. Mm. It's really you guys, as you, as I've watched you guys over the years, it's that whatever it takes type mentality. I'm curious, like when you go to hire salespeople, I don't know if you're still involved in the hiring process there or not, but when you go to hire salespeople, like how are you finding, you know, and how do you try to vet out in your interview people who have that whatever it takes mentality that have that grind? You know, what are some of the questions or things that you're asking? I think of my brother got into real estate and he's had some struggles trying to hire the right people. I've obviously had those same type of struggles. It's like you're trying to find the right people. You're trying to write, ask the right questions. What are some of the things you're doing that you have found has worked well, for you? Well, the, the biggest mistake people make with hiring is, number one, they don't hire people. And number two, they look for the perfect hire. Mm. you gotta be willing to you got to be willing to like go through people to find the right people. And you, you have to look for people that are willing. You have to look for people that are hungry. You have to look for people that are capable, like they actually have the ability, like you don't need to know everything, but you're coachable, you're willing. Uh, you know, we do personality assessments, so we have a pretty good idea of the type of personality that, that works well and the type that doesn't. Uh, you know, what's their general business intelligence? Like those are all things that factor into us. Most of the salespeople that we get are salespeople that made between 70 and 100 grand where they worked and they're like, I want to make more money. Yeah, like yeah. I got I to gotta make more money. Mm. And, and so we give them an opportunity to make five or 600 or, or more. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking for people that already know how to make a call that they've already gone through all the insecurities and, and right. all that. Cause I mean, really as a salesperson, you don't have to do a whole lot to make seven or eight grand a month. I mean, it's the Can bar's pretty low. <laughs> I love that. Man. It's the, I mean, it really is so much of the consistency, the work ethic and the belief in, in the ability to keep going. You know, we use, you know, personality tests here as well as we're trying to vet our, out our people. What I'll share is that I found in my same experience, man, you know, that you said, you got to kiss a bunch of frogs. Like I, as Steve and I and Josh and I have talked about this over the years, it's just like, we can't seem to get it. There's no perfect person out there. You just got to 
almost kiss a bunch of frogs that go and see which one turns. And the reality of it is, is as you go through that process, you end up, you know, getting there faster if you're willing to just move on it. And Gary Vee, I watched one time, he was talking about, it's just when you know, you just got to move. It's like, if they're not going to work out, you just got to move and and go on to the next person instead of dragging. Yeah, no, he said, he said, um, he said, uh, when you hire, you're guessing. When you're fi- when you're firing, you know. That's it. That's, that's ex- yep. That's exactly what yeah, it is, that was, man. That was a great. That was a great thing. I don't agree with everything he says, but on that, I was like, yeah, man. Hey, yeah. that was that's. Oh, that's, that's that same thing, man. I heard that video. I was like, yep, that's so, that's what it is. Yeah. I think that's and also. The, you know, one of the things we talk about, like like at the 10x growth conference, we talk about scaling and building teams. Uh, we're doing Vegas again this year. I didn't know if you knew that we're going back to Vegas. Um, I love Vegas. I love Vegas more than the other one, man. So I'm sure you guys heard that before, but I thought you guys crushed it in Vegas. (laughs) It was, it was just the, the, the whole setting, everybody's in the same hotel and you're constantly around the same people. It's the energy, man. Yeah. That freaking energy that's out there. Yep. Yeah. So, so it was just like it, for us, it was like, we might do something like we did in Miami again, but for us, it was like, we're just going to try to try to get back to that community because as amazing as the Miami Growth Conference was, it was so big that we felt like we lost some of the intimacy uh, of I mean, you like 12,000 people is 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 small, right? You know, it wasn't compared to but, that. So one, this yeah. year is going to be like a third like a third of the size, but it will be intimate and we're doing like the way the arena is set up at Mandalay Bay, it's a boxing arena, so right, they're meant yep. to have boxing matches. So the ring is normally right in the middle, and everybody's yep. got great seats around it. And uh, so we think we're doing the stage in the center of the arena, so everybody Man, around awesome. will have great seats. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I went and saw the – when we did our first site visit, and we had just been talking about doing a center stage – um, I, I thought it would be interesting to see how it all played out, but I went through and I was sitting in different seats all throughout the arena. And I was like, dude, like every <laughs> single seat. And I'm thinking like last year, I remember I was up in the suites at yeah. the stadium and yeah. I was like, right. Like yeah. I was like, Binoculars the stage out. was like, so it was like 150 yards away, 200 yards away. Yeah. We were and off then, a little bit then, to the right of the stage and it was just crazy, man. It was, yeah. It was nuts. And, and I'm, I'm like, I'm at the, the, my back against the wall in the arena and I'm closer to the stage in the furthest seat back at GrowthCon. Yeah. I'm closer than the last row of VIP at Miami Marlins ballpark, like on the field. Seriously, seriously. So like the VIP section was the end of it was basically like home plate where the umpire stands. Yeah. And then the stage was like where the outfield hit, right, yeah. like the dirt behind second base. And and you're closer than that last row of VIP. You're closer in the last row of the arena. You can't even go further back. Yeah, so that's the, freaking the, nuts. I got to ask you, be, were you, were you nervous, cool. man, in, in front of the 30,000 people? Were you nervous? Does that make you... Make you nervous getting up on stage? I, I have honestly, I have zero, like no emotion. Like I don't like some people love Dude, speaking, freak, and they're man. like, I can't wait to get on stage, yeah. and I'm so pumped. And Jack, those are the people that usually get real nervous. Yeah, right. they're um, psyching themselves yeah, up. They, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm I'm really indifferent. Like it, it's it's how I, you I treat the phone call. You're like, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't attach any emotion to it at all. It's just like. I'm going to go out and talk to people. I know most of them, so, you yep. know, it's not like they're strangers. But, um, 
No, it, it was it was there was there was no nerves. It was just amazing to put on such a great event. Yeah, yeah, uh, with exactly. so many people. That, the, the the most encouraging thing is like you go out there and you're looking at all these thousands of people. And this is so like for your real estate agents that are listening, like you constantly have to be getting around people that want to do better because yes. getting to where you want to go is so freaking hard that you have to have support and you have to have community and you have to have content and strategies and tactics. Like you have to constantly be feeding yourself with this stuff because getting through those first two or three years is so freaking hard. That's why most people quit is because when it gets hard, they go home and their uncle or their neighbor is like, dude, why are you, why are you killing yourself, man? You're just making that other guy money or that other gal money. Like, like you're all the guy that owns the company. You're you're here breaking your back. I'm like, dude, like, like it's hard to stay on the boat when when people are are talking like that. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, you know, uh, uh, the music sounds nice, but I'm out of here. Like it's so so when you when you come to an event like that, and you're looking out at thirty four thousand people, it was like standing on stage looking out at the audience, which was insane. <laughs> But looking at knowing that each and every one of those people are there because they want to do better. Right. And and for, for people that are listening, if you're not constantly investing in yourself, if you're not treating your craft like a profession and like an art, uh, then you will not survive. Right. Uh, recession is probably right. coming. Market is going to freeze up. People are going to go out of business. Right. And... When the pie gets smaller, when the pie gets smaller, only the strong survive. Amen. So dude. The squeeze when the you squeeze gotta get, happens. You got to you got to get on your game now and just prepare cuz it'll come. And and when it comes, you want to make sure that you're able to to crash through everything. And and that's when that perseverance comes back in. We go through a crash if something crazy happens, like our business changes, but I know I have that grit built in to go back to who I need to be in that type of scenario. And that's truly for, for if you're a salesperson, that is freedom. Mm. Like if you can create, back to what I said earlier about creation of opportunities, if you can create, that's freedom. You can write your check. You can get any deal you want. You can get in front of anybody that you want. You can close anybody that you want. Like no matter what happens, when you have that level of confidence, when the pie gets smaller, you getting fed. Look, you're listening to this podcast, which means you know that your business needs to be on social media, but simply being on social media isn't going to get you sales. You need to be deliberate about what, when, and where you post. To learn how to get the most out of your social media campaigns, check out our ebook, The Relationship Marketer's Guide to Social Media Success. You can download it for free at ReminderMedia.com slash social success. That's ReminderMedia.com slash social success. Take action on this today. Oh, man. And so true. It's like what I learned from you guys is the idea that when you don't have that ability to create opportunity, you get what we've now referred to as commission breath, because one of our other guests really shared it with us, that you get commission breath, you get desperate, you end up blowing the deals you do have in your pipeline because you don't have a big enough pipeline. And that's something that Grant Cardone, obviously his content had taught us. And it's so true in every aspect of your life. I'm curious for you, you have a team. How do you keep your own team motivated and here's the selfish question but i think it's going to apply to the audience is you know when you are the person in the business with them mm -hmm. 
you know, and you're pumping out this content and you're being motivational, you're being inspirational and all this good stuff. How do you get your own team to buy into you, right? And then more importantly than that, how do you get them to apply what you're doing? Do you find that you... Well, you don't, you don't, you, you don't, you don't do that first. What you do first is you get them to buy into themselves. Love that. You get it. You get them to buy into their goals. You get them to buy into what they want. And then you show them how they can get what they want so working good, for man. you. And then you hold them accountable to what they want, not what you want. Mm. If you can lead with the thing that they want and not the thing that you want, you don't need to motivate your people because they've already told you what they're excited about. They've already told you what they what they're reaching for. They're telling you why they'll work weekends and stay late. They, they'll tell you everything. And all you have to do is be a leader that helps people get what they want and you will get what you want. So there's a lot of things like you've heard sayings like, oh yeah, if you help enough people, you'll get what you want. Like, but what they don't understand is what that actually means. Mm. What that means is if you can help people get what they want and then show them a vehicle to get them what they want that you have built, then you will get what you want. No, that is that was worth the whole podcast right there, man. (laughs) If you can shift your perspective back to your people and hold them accountable for the things that are important to them and the goals that they have, we make our guys write down goals all the time. We get them thinking as big as they possibly can. We show them how to make the kind of money they want. We show them people when they're new. We show them people in the office making the kind of money they want to make. And, and then we give them a, a script, we give them a phone, we give them uh, training and we let them roll. And, and when we're having one-on-ones, we're going back to their goals. Like, where are you at? Has, when was the last time you had like the, the goal deep dive? Like, when do you deep dive on your goals? Like people write their goals down, they scribble them on a sheet of paper. Like there's no ownership there. Right. Spend an hour and a half on your goals. Spend an hour and a half, like building out your ideal life. If you could retire at 50, and have everything that you possibly wanted. Where would you go? What would you do? And I'm not ta- like, oh, I want to be worth $20 billion. Right, like, right. Like, what does your life look like? Me, I'd, I would love, like, my goal would be if I could get to a million, uh, a million dollars a month in income, that gets me to $250,000 in passive income monthly. Mm. Now, when I have 200, I'm making $3 million a year in passive income. If I can live off of a million, I can continue to reinvest the, the difference. That creates the flywheel where, dude, I have, I live my dream life on a million bucks a year. I invest the rest every year and that creates a perpetual fly, wealth building flywheel. Like, dude, I'm excited. Now, how do I do it? <laughs> Yeah, dude, that is that Here's is the freaking awesome. Here's the script. All you got to do is make the call. Yeah. <laughs> have a bad, you, have, you have a bad day. You have a bad day. You go back to, hey, what would life be like at 250 grand a month passive? Yes, man. Where would you go? What would you do? Who would you be there with? Would you charter a flight? Would you fly first class? Like, you know, how many of your kids' soccer games are you going to go to? Right. Like, whatever. How much, yep. how much are you going to donate to chair? Like all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. It's your, your happiness, your success. You know, the, one of the best ways I've heard it framed up was actually by a real estate agent at a, I believe it was a Tom Ferry conference, but they framed it up and said, you know, I hate doing the door knocking and the cold calling, but every time I go to do it, 
my why is bigger than my fear and my hatred mm. of doing the door knocking and the cold yeah. calling. And I freaking love that because I have met very, very few people in my life that actually want to wake up and dial 150, 200 calls, 300 calls. Yeah. Like, I don't meet those psychos. Like, that's what I think people <laughs> think that there's like, well, I'm not a salesperson because I don't enjoy it. door knocking. Right. I don't enjoy phone calls. No one does. Like I haven't, I've literally no, met maybe if on my make, hand. If you could make $5 million a year sitting on your ass or 5 million bucks a year banging cold calls I'll out. I'll do it. You know. I'll do it sitting like on my ass. On. I'd like to do something different with my time. Nah, dude, that is but, what it but is. Again, it's like you said, it's like when, when, when the goal gets big enough and it gets real enough, that's why you have to spend the time on the deep dive. Like it's a great exercise that... For people, if you know, it's not like a vision board, but like, dude, like I mapped out what, how much my ideal life would cost, mm. well, and you're reverse and engineering. Like I looked it, right? at homes, yeah, yeah, and I looked at cars, and and I had this car writing down, and I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it, and I was do, started this a year ago, actually uh, New Year's, I just re redone my whole uh, goal sheet, didn't even think about it. And like literally just now on this podcast, while I was thinking through the list that I had written down, I realized I'm driving the car that I was writing down. Jeez. Like, like it's, it's all starting to come together for me because I get just so focused on what's the goal? Is it big enough? Oh yeah. I'm willing to go in and, and work with G and pound and crash and grind and do all this stuff. And I've, I've literally, I've been, uh, this weekend, I'm working again this weekend, three weekend, three weeks straight. I haven't had a day off yet. Mm. Like, work in the office. Like, this isn't like, yeah, and I uh, point like out, I'm in the office at 8 o'clock. And you're the president. Meaning, like, that's, yeah. what, that's what people got to understand. That, that's what people got to understand. They, they, they don't see that. So I love that, man. It's so awesome. Yeah, and for everybody out there that doesn't think that you can get rich working for somebody else... Yeah, <laughs> you got If you're listening to this, you got to watch the video on YouTube, guys. He's pointing to himself yeah, right now. Dude, <laughs> you can you can make as much money you want if you're in the right opportunity. I, I, I become a multimillionaire working for Grant. Right. Because I found somebody who was willing to give me an opportunity and who had the right vehicle. Yep. So like you can do whatever you want if you create if you create the right circumstances around you. Mm. And if you have intention, you know where you want to go, you're willing to, to act, talk, train, produce like a professional, like, dude, just write your own story. It's all there. Everything is there. And the thing is, it's, it's actually easier than most people think. I didn't say it's, it's easy, but it's easier than most people think. When you talk about easy, I think you're, ref are you referring to like, it's not a complex system it's not something that yeah. is like freaking calculus. Like that is what yeah. people tend to think about success where it's really, it's you know, just, like, like you guys, you guys like tacos. Yeah, man. I love tacos. Yeah. Everybody likes tacos, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so like my mom used to make these tacos and she'd get the ground beef and she'd get the ground beef and she'd put it in the pan. And you know, those little packets yep. of, of taco mix taco seasoning, yeah. and you just dump it in the beef and you'd throw a little water and then you'd stir it up. Yep. That's about how hard it is to make money. <laughs> all the all it's, the broke people listening to this are like, ah, he's foolish. <laughs> no, no, because you just you just 
you try to overcomplicate it and you look for all these other reasons why it should be harder. Yes. But all you have to do is you just have to make a lot of tacos, dude. You just got to keep mixing and stirring. Dude, that and is just the keep greatest story. Over a long enough period analogy. of time, you just got to do it where it's you've done it long enough to where you're like, I know exactly how much water. I know exactly what the time. I could do it with my eyes closed. Eyes closed, I could watch into the kitchen, know the cabinet, know the drawer. Mm. Like you, you know everything so far inside and out that you stop thinking about it. It, it becomes like uh, 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 this, like not unconscious because th- th- that's not the right word, but but it just becomes saying, yeah. this automatic thing. It's like that when you, you do. drive to work and you don't even remember getting there. You're like, I don't memory. even remember driving it. Right. It's yeah, muscle yeah. memory. Yeah. I'll frame it up yeah. for you in a like real life example. This exact philosophy or analogy he's saying is my brother Stephen. Right, a lot of people know his story. First year in the business, did 35 transactions. I just talked to him last night. He's closing out his third year. He believes he said he's about to close his 96 transaction in real estate. And he said the craziest thing to him is that every one of the real estate agents he meets, himself included, it's like you're looking for a magic thing. Like you have to create something brand new. Like you're, I'm here, I'm in real estate, I'm in insurance, I'm going to do something brand new, something different than everybody. And he said, it's so stupid because he looks back on his life now and he goes, it's the model's the same. It's, it's MySpace. Just right. create Facebook. Meaning, right. like, just literally do the the model that exists and just consistently do it and add your unique value proposition to it. And guess what? Boom! It starts happening. You don't have Here, to look for a magic it's, bullet. It's even simpler than that. This is going to be the soundbite of the episode. You ready? <laughs> the magic bullet is make the call. Golden like, nugget, ladies and gentlemen. Show up. Yep. Show up. Like, like there is no, there is no magic script. There is no, like, people try to be like, oh, well, you know, you could tweak this and do that and blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you, if you just made the call, mm. if you just went up to the door and knocked, if you just picked up the phone and dialed, like, if you just made, if you committed to making a bad call, Rather than making no call, you will be successful. That's so good. Because nobody makes a great call in the beginning. Everybody sucks in the beginning. And it's not till you make a ton of calls that you actually start figuring it out. And it, you, you know, so just make the call. Just c- be committed. If you're, if you're not producing at the levels that you want right now, if you think you should be making more money, if you're frustrated because you feel like other people are moving further ahead from you, Commit for the next six months to making terrible calls every day in high volumes. <laughs> Low expectations. You just got to make the calls. They don't have to be good. It's it's your philosophy, man. You guys sum it up so well, and, and it's what I tell my guys. Frequency before greatness. Hmm. Frequency yeah. before great. I mean, that when you guys sum that up, I mean, that is it. That is it in everything in life because as you it's, – it's really – I mean, I believe it's how God's made us, man. When you literally just start applying yourself. And you, you start learning and you start getting better at it and you start learning. And no one wants to be punched in the face over and over and over again. You're going to adapt. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing when you start adapting. I love it. There, there's so much more I want to ask you, but, you know, want to be respectful of the time. So i got to ask you this last question you. is, yeah. you know, knowing what you know now, right, what would you go back and tell younger Jared? What piece of advice would you give him? You know, where he maybe should spend his time, his energy, what he should avoid. What piece of advice would you give? 
Uh, I mean, I would, I would tell myself that you need to take making money serious. Uh, if I would have known at 18 what I knew at 26, like I went, when I came to work for Grant at 26, I was broke. I was in debt. Mm. I was a millionaire four years later. Mm. The only thing that changed was the right information. So like I would go back and say, you need to get serious about personal development. You need to become a master at the cold call. Like you just need to like figure out a job where you can go and you can make high volumes of cold calls and get cranked on and get your teeth kicked in and figure out how to use the phone. Because if I would have done that for two years at 20, I would have had a sales job where I actually could have made some real money. And, uh, uh, I wouldn't have been like even the advertising job I had, it was a, uh, I was, I was, I was taking orders. I was, I was working a, a territory. Like it was just how many customers can you see? That's how much money you can make. <laughs> and so, um, so it wasn't about a skill. It was just about how, how much can you work? Right. And, and if I could go back, I would be like, learn to make the cold call, like learn to control your income with your actions and, the amount of confidence and the amount of choices and options that will give you when you're 25, when you're 27, when you're 30 will be exponentially larger than if I, if you, if you, if you don't do that. I mean, it's just that this, this thing right here represents control and it represents access to your goals and your dreams and everything that you want. If you can get great at it. Yep. Dude, that's awesome. It's so good. Thank you. Great advice. Thanks so much for being here, Jared. We really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, sharing all of your knowledge with our audience. Before we close out, uh, how can people follow you? Where can they connect with you and, and find you? Well, the place that they should connect with me is at the 10X Growth Conference in yeah. Vegas this year. Uh, it's a three-day event. Tickets? We do it. Yeah, it's, it's for business owners. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for people that are employed and they want to make more money or they want to do better. or Maybe they want to start their own thing. For people that are lost and they're trying to like figure out like how do I get out of stuck mm. and how do I get moving, uh, it's the it's the highest caliber business conference on the planet because we talk about real business and real strategies and real tactics that are being used in the marketplace today to make money for people to make money and to take more control of their financial um, their, their 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 finances. I mean it's. It is that I've been to them all like my I'm not I guess you could say I'm biased, but my job is to know what events are out there, who's putting them on, what do they cover? And and I know without a doubt that we have the most comprehensive, the deepest, the best strategically like focused uh, conference on the planet. And so people that are interested in making money or growing their business need to come to this event. It's three days in Las Vegas. We have some crazy uh, things planned. Uh, uh, like we spend, we'll spend a million dollars on speakers and talent. Nobody does that. Jeez. Uh, it's, it's it, you know, the parties are great. The networking is great. You make lifelong connections at this thing. Yeah. So I would just like, with every ounce of my being, I like this event will change your game. Mm. It'll change the, the, your mindset. It'll change what you think you're capable of. 
come to this event because this could be the thing that you've been waiting for to get you to that next level that you've been hoping to get to. I it really that. is a great event. We went to the one last year in Miami. You went to the one even before that. Yeah, you've been to went two the last so far. two years. Yeah. If you're listening to this, awesome. yeah. uh, even following the journey of you guys putting on the event, because you guys are so transparent and open about, like you said, what you're spending on speakers, yep. what you're spending yeah. on the on the event, what you're spending on tickets, all this stuff, yeah. and just it, it's just it's I mean it's a business class. You just learn, watching the journey of it. Every facet, you learn yeah. what the actual teacher, like the John Maxwell, is teaching you. At the same time, yeah. you learn how John Maxwell is pitching you right. his program. I mean, it's right. an amazing experience to learn it is definitely every what you dynamic. It. Yeah. It's like incredible. We'll put links up in the show notes for that, where you can purchase tickets and then where you can follow Jared as well. Um, and like I said, to dive deeper into this episode, you can get all the resources and links if you go to staypaidpodcast.com. While there, you can also find the videos for all of our episodes, including this one. And if you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways we ask you to do that. First way is to rate us five stars on iTunes. Leave a comment. Yes, do it. Second show way, up. Do it. Do it. <laughs> they could be a, it could be a crappy comment. Well, yeah, it could be crappy. Yeah. We take any type of comments. <laughs> they don't just have to yeah. be good because it gets, our, yeah. gets people seeing it. That's it. And then the best way, of course, tell a friend. Share the podcast with someone else today. They'll appreciate it. You'll look smart. Everyone, we'll, we'll be happy. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Aker. You know I close every episode with an action item because I want you to take action on it. it. It truly is the difference maker in all of life is those who take action and those who don't. And the people who take action that win. It's hard for me it's because... those who make the tacos and those who just <laughs> go to Taco Bell. <laughs> That should be the action item right Get there. Get in the kitchen. Make, right. the Make the tacos. Here's the thing. is There's so many great golden nuggets here. The two things I will tell you, because I want to choose two action items for you. The golden nugget of this whole podcast, it's what he said. It's show up. Make the phone call. There is something right now that you're thinking, that you're convicted of, in your room listening to this, in your car if you're driving, that you're not doing, that you need to do. Take action on that and do that. It's usually making those phone calls because you're scared of the rejection, doing the door knocking. The second thing that I want to point out that maybe we glanced over a little bit but I think is so powerful is if you're down and out, if you can't make that phone call, you need a community of people. Mm. You need a community of people that you can lean into, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can be inspired by, encouraged by, and pick them up when they're down. You can do that at the 10X Growth Con. It's an easy avenue to start building that community, guys. Take action on getting involved with the community so you can be encouraged to show up and actually make the phone calls. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 